Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Central. The world is listening. This is Rob Van Dam. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. This is Cowboy James Storm. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. This is TNA World Heavyweight Champion Bobby Roode. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. Here's your host. Someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service. The Bronx Father. everybody welcome to tna chat live right here on the sns radio network i'm the bronx father of course and if you're listening to my voice it voluntarily at least it probably means you're a wrestling fan so you should need no explanation about that 10 bell salute but of course uh tuesday as you all know uh bill moody aka aka excuse me paul bearer aka percy pringle passed away around i believe 9 p.m and uh, jj and i got the news while i'm wrestling news live and i thought it was only appropriate to at least give a 10 bell salute now tuesday on wrestling news live jj and i are going to do it up good for paul bearer but just thought that with only two days gone it was appropriate to have that salute but like i said tune in to wrestling news live and we'll we're going to probably dedicate a good part of that show to honoring the late Paul Bearer. So rest in peace, brother. With that said, let's move on to some TNA. I'm wondering, do I start with the 300-pound, you know, old wrestler in the room? Do I start with the reveal tonight? Man, 
D-Lo. D-Lo? I mean, are we going to rename Aces and Eights Wuss? W-U-I-S? Washed up interracial superstars? Uh, and, you know, I missed, I blinked for a moment when D-Lo came out. I missed the part where Kurt pointed to him and actually said, that's him. So, shame on me, but I caught that in the replay. Because my first thought was, nah, you know what it probably is going to be? This is going to be a huge swerve, and Kurt's going to get knocked out or taken out before he can reveal who it is. And I, again, I thought that's what happened. But no, Kurt pointed to the man and said, that's him. D. Low Brown. Yes, you're looking at the real deal now. Does anyone care about reveals after this? Does anyone, you know, I know a lot of people in chat are saying, you know, said before, oh, it makes sense, you know, that that's how, you know, Aces and Eights was able to get in the building because D'Lo's a backstage guy. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but every reveal has been such a letdown. We keep expecting someone huge, and it just doesn't happen. Do you really care who the president is? I don't. To be honest with you, I'm not really too compelled with this whole angle anymore at all. But with that said, I want to find out what you guys think. So let me know. We can talk about, you know, aces and eights. We can talk about the upcoming lockdown pay-per-view, which I will give you the breakdown of very soon. But before that, the phone lines are now open. Call now to talk TNA Live. The number to call, 501-588-7957. That's 501-588-7957. TNA Chat Live. Or if you're in the U.S. only and you'd like a free call, 888-890-9618. Or add Sunday Night Show, uh, yes, Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype. I'm shocked because we have immediately after my announcement a call. Welcome to TNA Chat Live. Who's this? What's up, bro? This Big Mick, man, from St. Louis. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I heard you talking about the whole D'Lo Brown reveal. And I know it's not the hot, popular choice, but if you look at the entire history of Ace and the Eights, it makes perfect sense. Here's why. When Ace and the Eights started attacking Sting and started getting into the building, remember when Hogan closed down the impact zone? When he locked everyone in? Who was the first person? Who was the first person that told Hogan to let him in? D'Lo Brown. No, you're right. Brown. You're right. When, when Ace and Ace were attacking everybody, who was the first person, not the first person, the one person they didn't touch? D'Lo Brown. When Al Snow went missing and Garrett and Wes Briscoe and Garrett Bischoff had a gut check match, and who was the final vote? To get Wes Briscoe into TNA, D'Lo Brown. And who is the talent scout for TNA that can also find new Aces and Eights members? D'Lo Brown. Everything was set up perfectly. But my question for you is, if all the reveals have been lame, who would you put in those spots? 
who are the guys you would have put in those spots? Well, last week's reveal, the big guy, I would have, for this week, I probably would have rather it been Joseph Park, just because I think it would have been more of a shock value. Um, let me think. If you go back to Devon, back then I thought it might have even been better to have made it bully because he was already starting to get to that point where you, you know, it would have ruined this whole storyline with Brooke. But that could have worked too. I'm not saying everybody had to be huge, but it's getting to the point where we only got like maybe one reveal left. The, the, the only person I can see as the full leader of this for it to make sense, and kudos to you, man, because all your points are excellent. You make great points. I'm not going to argue with a word you said, but I think it's got to be Jeff Jarrett because he's the one person who would have a really legit gripe with this company. Yeah, but this Sunday, Bully Ray is in the main event, right? Yes. He's in the main event. Here's my thinking about this. Think about this, what Bully Ray said. He's not going over the case. He's not going out of the door. He's going to beat Jeff Hardy with his best move. What happens? What does every faction in wrestling want that controls wrestling? The world title. Mark my words, I guarantee Bully Ray is going to turn and become a member of Ace of the Ace. And with that, they have the most prized possession in TNA, the world title. Hogan can't do anything with Bully Ray because, A, he's married to his daughter, and he's the world champion. So no matter what happens, Ace of the Ace, as long as Bully Ray is champion, has all the power. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. That's a great way to go. I mean, that would be huge. That would that would make up for I mean, you could imagine the emotional response from Hogan and Sting. I mean, holy shit. This is the guy who we both risked our careers to get behind and and look what he's done. Yeah, and remember what the, what D'Lo Brown said. He didn't say could he he wasn't talking about could he trust the guys he's going to cage with. He said could you trust the men you're going to war with? And notice, he didn't say the guys on your team. He said the guys you're going to war with, meaning the people going to war against Aces and Eights, which includes Bully Ray. Sure. It includes Bully Ray. It includes Angle, although I don't think there's any way Angle could be involved. No way, but you're right. It includes anyone really in TNA who Magnus, anybody who's going up against, you know, Magnus is on his team, but anyone who's going up against aces and ace, but that's classic heel psychology, which, which I did like that's classic heel psychology where you try to get the baby faces to doubt one another. Yeah. And I just wanted to say RIP to Paul bear. My first seeing Paul bear was at the survivor series, 1991. Not 91, I'm sorry. Uh, Tuesday in Texas when he debuted as Paul Bear. I, you, me and my little brother used to have nightmares all the time about seeing him. I just want to send my heart out to his family. Rest in peace, Paul Bear. Definitely, man. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the phone call, man. You need to call him whenever you want, man. It's great to have an intelligent fan who breaks shit down, man. Very, very good call, my friend. Yeah, and are you guys having a Sunday night showdown this week, this weekend? 
Yes. Come hella high water, there will be a Sunday night showdown covering lockdown. Uh, it'll be me, and I will announce my co-host shortly. But definitely, we're going to have a uh, an SNS because this is a this is a big pay per view. They're only doing four big ones a year, man. There's no way in hell that I'm letting yeah, it go and uncovered. Just, and just think, Chicago is going to be crazy. AJ Styles on Twitter said he's coming. It's going to be one of those shows you cannot miss. Now they're building it up good, you know, and I'm sure the end of the pay per view is going to build it up even more. So we'll wait and yeah. see. Okay, man. Thanks all right, a lot. have a good one, brother. Everybody on the network, JJ, all you guys, God bless. Much love, man. Thank you, man. Take care. All right, peace. Wow, man. Awesome phone call. Fan who breaks it down, and he made very good points. I mean, he really took this D-Lo thing apart, and kudos to him. He's right. I think my problem is I, I just i am getting... I just want it, want someone who's really impactful. And D'Lo, other than really gut check and being security, yes, it makes sense. But I'm just waiting for something big to go down. Something really huge, man, to go down with this group. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's almost to the point where, like, they're going to make each reveal anticlimactic. You've got to put some big name in there, at least one. And I've been saying this for the longest. But with that said, we have another caller on the line. Good evening. Welcome to TNA Chat Live. Hey, Bronx. It's Anthony. What's up, bro? Uh, first off, I'm probably in the majority saying D'Lo, the VP. I mean, I have nothing against him being part of Ace but they just made him a member. Instead of being, like, I guess, the second guy, a top-tier guy. Oh, I had no issue with it, but still. Well, it did make more sense than Devon, like the last caller said. He's he was writing a lot of his points, and people have been making these points on Facebook, and they're right. I, I get it from a logistics standpoint, but like you said, not the VP, because now you're running out of reveals. I mean, nobody's hardly wearing. No one's wearing a fucking mask anymore. Yeah, and you said Jeff Jarrett would be probably the most likely person to be the main guy. I admit that probably is likely, but as Mac Daddy said in the chat, it's like it really won't make the, this angle really work. Because I think this angle has been somewhat going down over time. And while I think it has a chance to get better, but I don't think it will. But no way it's going to end at the pay-per-view this Sunday. It's going to at least go to Bound for Glory. See, what I'm worried about, and I don't know if this makes sense, if you did if you did debut Jeff Jarrett as the leader, that's the one time where I'd say you would have been better off in the impact zone to do that because the impact zone crowd. See, my, my worry about them going on the road, and don't get me wrong, I'm 100% for it. I love the fact that they're doing it. I hope it works out. I hope they, they eventually start selling a shitload of tickets. My only problem is I'm worried if the people on the road might not have the whole history of TNA yet, like the way the Impact Zone does. People who've been following it for four, five, six years, they've been there. You know, you reveal Jeff Jarrett on the road, are those fans who, to them, might have just came to see a wrestling show, you might not get the response you think you will 
because how much do they really know about TNA like we do? Yeah, I remember Trey made this comment a while ago, and I kind of agree. What happens if they had revealed D-Lo was a member of the Nates, but it's like, I'm here to collect property, and he does reveals who it is, but it's not him. He reveals Chris Harris. Well, Chris, DC. yeah, he's another guy, though, who, who, yeah, that's history. That's part of TNA. That's been been the, they could have brought him in. That would have been per- probably a good idea, but sadly it didn't happen. And I'm glad that you guys, you're going to do a Sunday night showdown. And I know as much as you want to, I can't be your co-host. <laughs> well, you know, I've got some, some things on the table. We'll see what happens. But there's definitely... Yeah, if we, yeah, if I was your co-host, we'd probably be canceled by the first minute. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. If they were still doing a monthly pay-per-view and I, you know, had trouble finding someone, I would just cancel. But the fact that they're doing it only, you know, four times a year now, because like I said, those other pay-per-views, I'm not going to cover a recorded pay-per-view. That's not happening. So the only time you're going to get TNA SNSs is when they actually do a live pay-per-view, which is only going to be for a year. So definitely deserves cut. And, and don't get me wrong. First of all, while I got you on, I'll say two things. A... Don't take my being a little upset it was D-Lo as at all dissing the show tonight. I thought the show was decent. I thought it was a good go-home show. I thought they did a lot of good things. They made you aware of the fucking pay-per-view. You can't say it wasn't a good go-home show, A. And B, B, don't let my pessimism about aces and eights make you think for a second I'm not looking forward to the pay-per-view because I think it's going to be a great pay-per-view. Oh, I agree. This has more times than not. Lockdown is one of the pay-per-views that's worth checking out, but they've turned down the pay-per-view number to make them special. But in a way, does this make feel like this pay-per-view is actually more special? I mean, they've been book the book matches like within two three weeks of the pay-per-view. Well, they had like over a month. Well, I mean, that's not unheard of in, in any company. I mean, I'm not going to really. You're right. You could have with a, you know, now a two, three month build you have. You can you can go a little more. But how long can you really build up a pay-per-view? I mean, it's like anything over five, six weeks is a bit much. Anything under two, three is a bit too little. I think you you need a good month, a good solid four shows. And a lot of people will probably disagree with me on this, but at least four shows to five to build up a pay-per-view. You know, announce two, three matches every week. I get what you're saying, but I still think, and especially this new format, I'm one of the few people who likes the fact that not every match is in a cage. I think it kind of kills the gimmick when, when you do that. Oh, I agree. They did not have to have uh, every match in the cage. I mean, do we really have to see Robbie T versus Robbie E in a cage? Is it wrong that I just want to see Robbie T, like, break Robbie E in half? Oh, I would not mind it. I was like, beat the crap out of that uh, Jersey Shore wannabe. When Jersey Shore is gone, let that angle go. I mean, you know, every a lot of people have compared over the years Zack Ryder to Robbie E. But Ryder does it just enough where it's funny, but not to the point where you want to punch him in the face. 
Robbie E. And, and look, I don't want to sound like a mark. I know it's just the guy's gimmick. I don't legitimately dislike the guy. It's like Zima Ion. I don't want people to think I, I hate the person. But uh, the I think you did until you did that promo to you. Oh, no, no. I, I understand. I understand it's all a gimmick. It's all a work. But yeah, you're not like the power. He's so... Ouch. He's so <laughs> good. He's so good at being an annoying asshole that it's, it's, I guess, like, you know, when JSK, Trey used to tell JSK about um, Kurt Angle, it's, it's just the character. But sometimes a person plays that character so well, you just fucking can't stand them. Yeah, it's like some people with them Jack Swagger right now. Oh, yeah, he's another character who I could, who's got a lot of heat with me. Yeah, there's something I want to ask you, but it's like WWE-related, so I won't ask you about that. Um, but one thing I just kind of noticed, have you recently noticed that TNA like, ends their impact shows like right on the fly to get onto Bellator? It's like 8 o'clock, boom, right to Bellator. Yes. Yeah, I think that's someone hurting them. I mean, yeah, it was like tonight. I would have liked to have seen that brawl have a little more time. I mean, look, the main gist of your pay-per-view coming up this Sunday, where, by the way, the baby faces will be at the disadvantage because Aces and Eights gets one more member than them thanks to the uh, two out of three tonight. But, yeah, you're right. I would have liked to have seen that brawl go on a little longer. You know, show some guys getting hit in the back with chairs. Show some, some guys getting thrown into the barricade really send home the fact that these two factions are going to go out to kill each other Sunday. But just as they're getting started, we fade to black quickly. I agree with you. Yeah, and um, I just realized something. It's the second week in a row we haven't seen Robert Roode. I'm wondering mm -hmm. what the heck's going on with that. And, and also, Devon, defend your damn title. Yeah, that's, 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 that title is basically right now worthless. Yeah, it's absolutely. Go on, bro. I know it's, it's a far fetch, but I'm hoping like someone like Magnus wins that belt. Well, whoever wins it has to defend it more. I mean, right now it's you know, people, including JJ, have always said the belt is a prop. Well, when it goes from becoming a prop to being something you don't even notice, I mean, it's like when Devon comes out, I have to say, oh yeah, that's right, he's the TV champion. True. I mean, with DiBiase when he came out with a million-dollar belt, at least that someone had notoriety when he just carried order to the ring. Yeah, the other thing I didn't like about the ending tonight was, you know, babyface on babyface can work sometimes, but the whole thing between Bully and, and you know, Jeff Hardy is like, come on, guys. I'm like, you know, okay. Yeah, you respect each other. We get it. And the first caller made a good point. It would be great. I think that could be great. if b b Somebody at this pay-per-view has to turn. No matter what match it's in, I'd love to see a turn, a big turn. And yeah, Bully Ray would be huge because it's just like, uh, all right, I understand the matches you guys were in in WWE, but you laid it on a little thick, no? I know, I was like, it seemed like, okay, we got 15 minutes before the end of Impact, we got to do something. Uh, let's put them out there to promote the peop the match. No offense, this match is kind of like, eh, they have to do something at the end. 
I mean, they have Bully, like I said, revealed to be turned to aces and eights, and, like, Hogan doesn't know what to do. It's like, I want to go after this guy, but he's the, basically my son-in-law, and he's they, he's married to my daughter. They reveal that actually Burke's a wit, bro, I mean, Bully. Yeah, yes, son-in-law usually means that he's married to your daughter. But... <laughs> but 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 here's the, here's the thing though, I'm not it's so worried about the match if bullies nagging injuries don't affect it because I know in the past that any time those two guys are in the ring with anyone or by themselves, you know bullies a sick son of a bitch. Jeff Hardy we know, and I'm not talking about the drugs. I'm not talking about all the problems he had. Even when his head is on straight, Jeff Hardy is a sick motherfucker. He's willing to nearly kill himself. That's always something I've given him credit for. When he's healthy, when he's not doing stupid shit and, and getting high, which he hasn't been, he legitimately has absolutely no self-regard for himself. And I don't think Bully Ray does either. Now, that's a bad thing for both of those guys' health, but as a wrestling fan, it's a good thing because I think they will absolutely be willing to paralyze each other to have the best match they can. I'll give yeah, him the props cage. on that. Yeah, and in cage match with them being the cages, I think this two things will happen. Likely, Angle going for a moonsault, which I'm kind of thinking he should not try, and Hardy doing the swan time on top of the cage. Yeah, but Hardy's one of those smaller, wiry guys who can kind of really go with that style for a long time. He's pretty good at it. Kurt, yeah, Kurt. I hope. Because he's another guy who just, eh, well, if this move kills me, at least I'll go out with a bang. And I love Kurt to death, but he's not one to be shown up. So I think when you've got Kurt in a cage and Bully and, and you know, uh, Jeff in their match, like I said, I'm looking for it to be an awesome pay-per-view, as lockdown usually is. Yeah. And then we just got to wonder how they're going to do it. We're just having three matches in the cage, but heck. Here's something. At least we don't have a blindfold or electrified cage match. Yeah, the old school. What was it called? The butthole of doom, where you had a cat, you know, get out from the top. What? I don't even remember how exactly that went. Yeah, it's like it has a little opening top of the cage. You had to climb the cage to get out. I think right. they stopped doing that after Hamas. I couldn't get it out for almost like a minute. <laughs> like, that uh, I did. <laughs> Yeah, so a brown person, a dark-skinned person couldn't get out from the hole. Wow, I don't get that joke, but I know it's racist. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's hey, an edit. My jokes are like my attempt to rap. Bad. Yeah, Mark Tate, brass eye, doesn't edit there. But <laughs> in any event, all right, Anthony, I'll let you go, man. Okay, bye. Take care, man. All right, guys, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to change things up a little bit. We're going to take a commercial break. During this break, I'm going to close the phone lines for a brief period because when I come back, I'm going to just quickly, really quickly go over the card to lockdown, and then I'm going to reopen the phone lines immediately afterwards. I just want to be able to get this card out so you guys know exactly what you're getting this Sunday. Like I said, it's going to be a big pay-per-view, but don't worry. We got more of your phone calls coming. Your emails, of course, TNHatLive at SNSRadioNetwork.com. We'll be right back after this with TNHatLive on the SNS Radio Network. 
be back with more TNA Chat Live with the Trey Dog on the SNS Radio Network. Let's go to our ring announcers. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! What's up, guys and gals? This is Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and actually, yes, that is his name, on the open book. Every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, you'll catch us doing video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling News Live is proud to bring to you a day in the life of Ric Flair. Day in the Life of Ric Flair, brought to you by Wrestling News Live. Hey, wrestling fans. Do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? 
Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Cowboy. Cowboy. Welcome back to TNA Chat Live with the Trey Dog on the SNS Radio Network. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm head out west where real women come equipped with scripts and fake. All right, everybody, welcome back to TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. I'm suspending the phone calls, and I mean really briefly, guys, just so I can go down the lockdown card with you fellas real quick. World heavyweight title in a steel cage, Bully Ray versus Jeff Hardy. Um, I'm not going to give my predictions here. Please go to fourdown.org to put in your picks for this Sunday. But I'm looking for this to really be a hardcore match. Both these guys, hard fucking core. So I have no problem with it. Let's see what happens. Bully Ray heel turn, maybe. Our lethal lockdown cage match, aces and eights versus Team TNA. And Team TNA will be one member short. So I'm wondering who's going to get, you know, dropped out of that. Steel cage match, Wes Briscoe versus Kurt Angle. I see nothing. I guess you could call this a prediction. I see nothing but Kurt Angle turning Wes Briscoe into a human pretzel. Tag Team Championship, Daniels and Kazarian versus Bobby Roode and Austin Aries, who are your champions, versus Hernandez and Chavo. Watch out for this to be match of the night. It's not in a cage, but watch out for these guys stealing the fucking show. Knockouts Championship, Gail Kim versus Velvet Sky. <sighs> it's going to be a great match. But after tonight, we'll see. Uh, it's too soon. Velvet just got it. I like Velvet Sky. What man doesn't? Robbie E versus Robbie T. I'm not going to give a prediction. I'm only going to give what I hope. I hope that Robbie T leaves Robbie E a bloody mess. Storyline-wise, of course. Just storyline. I don't mean to sound like a mark, but Robbie E rubs me every wrong way. So that's it, guys. Definitely going to be a stellar pay-per-view. Uh, the phone lines are now reopened, 501-588-7957. If you're in the U.S. and want a free call, uh, 888-890-9618. Add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype. Towards the end of the show, I'll be reading your emails if you want to send them. TNA Chat Live at snsradionetwork.com. So, give me a call. You know, it was cool to see uh, TNA acknowledge Paul Bearer, both on their website and tonight, of course, on Impact. Really classy. 
you know, it's, it's good to see how much he transcended all the different companies. But now I have a feeling shit's about to get real. Please welcome the co-host of Open Book, Ashley. What's up? Oh, it's good, but oh, tonight, tonight, tonight. It's kind of interesting. You were kind of pissed at D'Lo, and I was pissed at something else, and we were going to play. I think, well, what's your take on the gut check thing? See, my problem is, man, I don't know enough about the indies to, to really, I mean, obviously, she, Tapper was getting a ton of heat. A ton of heat. The impact crowd isn't, let me tell you something, everyone says, oh, they're, you know, theme park guys who get in for free and they don't know anything about the business. Well, I think that's bullshit because they seem to know exactly what the fuck they wanted tonight. They livened up a bit. Well, I think the main factor is that was formerly um, Sophia Cortez from NXT. She right. got released, I think, last year. And she lives in Florida. So, uh, uh, technically, although she's born in Puerto Rico and everything, she's a hometown girl. So, I think that's why they were probably... But, yeah, those of you that normally say, oh, my God, there's no passion in the fans, I think they showed... I think they were shipped in from the Daniel Bryan School of Marks. That's the only way that you could get that. But I've I've done some quick research on this lady, Lady Tapper. Yes. From what I've seen of any significant federation, she's had two matches. One of which was last week in TNA. Uh, Eva Lee has had about seventy. See, I think I was just partial because she's. I just think Lady Tap is really hot. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, yeah. No. I mean, look, I, I don't think you've seen the last of this gal because if she's as good as you say and had so many matches, you know, I, I, can't, I can't see them just ignoring her. I mean, they w brought her w out. WWE dropped her. Well... I mean, I don't know, but like you said, the crowd was all over it. I mean, they, they wanted Ivelisse to, to just fucking be the... I mean, they were chanting, no, 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 during the gut check. And then, of course, Al Snow drops the bomb and says Lady Tapper gets it. And what was, what was interesting was she cut a heel promo against the fans at first. And she actually got two kickouts. Did you notice that? She got to speak first. She got a yes, she got a no, she got to speak again, and then got another yes. Well, my only problem is kind of half of what she said in the second one was exactly the same as she said in the first. True, true. But my other problem with that is they kept banging on about the fact that, you know, she's related to the Barbarian. And, yes, you do get hits with relatives or second-generation superstars like Rock like Orton, like people like that. And then you, it kind of gets, the bad people get split into two categories. They're either bad because they're bad, like David Flair or Garrett Bischoff. <laughs> or they're like Tamina Snooker or Natalia Neidhart or Roman Reigns in which they're being used crappily. Well, I don't think Roman Reigns is being used crappily. I, I think he could do... 
I, I could see him in kind of like, kind of like the Antonio Cesaro role, but I guess Antonio's got it, so you can't have too many people of the same style. In essence, he could, he's got the potential to be something similar to Matt Morgan in TNA, I think. He's got that kind of skill and power and moves. I don't like the fact that uh, they don't trust him to do a powerbomb by himself, so they get the other two to help him up. Well, I mean, you know, The Rock mentioned it in his book that he had a real hard time picking his name because he didn't just want to be known as a second or third generation star. And I think there's overdoing it and underdoing it. Changing a a guy's, you know, complete gimmick to ignore the fact that he's a second generation like Henning, that's not good. But you also don't want to come out every week and five times during this girl's match mention, well, she's the, what is she, the, the, again, the niece of the Barbarian? I believe so, yeah. You know, the, she's the niece of the Barbarian. She did a dropkick. She's the niece of the Barbarian. She did a clothesline. She's the niece. You don't want to overdo it. You know, I like when they say, like, oh, here's Randy Orton, the third-generation wrestler, or here's Rock, the third-generation once in a while, you bring it up, but don't shove it down our throats because then that person cannot build legitimacy on their own. They are known only because of their family's history. And also just the fact that despite all this gut check stuff, you know, whichever one got through it would have been good for their careers. But I just think with the choice that they did kind of reflects what they're choosing in wrestling. They're either choosing... As, as we said, second or third generation, or we're choosing models. Because if you look at the cycle, it's normally a case in WWE and TNA now that they wrestle for like two or three matches, and then if they're not the champion or they're not the number one contender, they disappear for two months. Then they come back, wrestle two or three matches. Then they might get a chance to actually go for the title. And it's it's kind of a negative thing to be a knockout or a diva at the moment. Well, and the thing that that's sad is it wasn't always that way with the knockouts. I mean, at one time, the knockout division was the elite female division in pro wrestling. You go back and look at when you had the beautiful people and you had, you know, uh, Karma. Well, the Kong was there, Awesome Kong. Mm -hmm. And even ODB, who's, that bitch is crazy. She can wrestle. You know, Gail Kim. You've got talent. It's It's almost like, the WWE doesn't do enough for the women's division and the women that they have can't go. TNA doesn't do enough for the women's division, but most of the women they have can go. That's the difference. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, if you, uh, I might as well plug here as well. We do talk about Aces and Eights invading Ring of Honor in this week's whole indie show. Really? Yes. Well, the explanation is basically something's happened in Ring of Honor, which is very similar to what's happening on TNA. And I think it's not beneficial to either. But but I'll let you. Uh, I'll, probably there'll be other people calling in, so I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you uh, get on with taking other calls. So I'll speak to you again soon, Bronx. All right, Ashley. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you as always. Night. Take care, man. All right. Ashley, not going off as angry as I thought he'd be, but it's like fucking 3 a.m. where he is, so.
You know, I wanted to get on to some TNA news. Like, one news story was Jake the Snake Roberts had some harsh words for TNA. He said, Vince McMahon's machine is unbeatable. And he said, when it was Hall, Nash, and Diesel. He said, but whenever it was Hall, Nash, and Diesel in this, you're letting the inmates run the asylum. They were calling the shots as they wanted to, and that's wrong. It's just totally wrong. You have people in the wrong positions. And Dixie Carter, for whatever she is, Jake says, I think she's a mark. A little... A little hostility by Jake. And he says, Russo will get in the Hall of Fame before I do. Uh, I doubt it. With that said, we do have a fellow New Yorker on the line. Welcome to TNA Chat Live. What's going on, Bronx? This is Sandro, a.k.a. Latino718. What's up, man? Yeah, I just had to get that Jake thing out, man. I mean, he <laughs> he really went at it, man. He says that... You know, don't kid yourself. TNA will always be the third stream. There is no second stream. You're never going to catch these people. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here. But, I mean, Jake, I don't know where this came from. The fuck? Well, I mean, to an extent, I kind of agree with what he said. You know, TNA can try all they want, but they're just, they're always going to be, they're always going to be way behind WWE, and that's how it is. And I completely agree with what he said about Dixie. I think she's a complete mark. She basically doesn't know what she's doing. You know you know what I was thinking about today? I had listened. Oh, it was a few days ago. I had listened to an old WNL. And I forget if it was Trey or JJ or which one of the boys said it. About Dixie. You know what I think Dixie's biggest problem is? And I think calling her a mark is kind of mean. I think Dixie's problem is... I'm sorry, but to be a success in the wrestling business of promotion, you got to be a little bit of a scumbag. And I think Vicky, uh, Vic, where the fuck did Vicky come from? <laughs> the buzzer has gone. <laughs> I think Dixie's biggest problem is she's too fucking nice. Yeah, she's way too soft. Exactly. And in wrestling, they'll, you know, you're too soft. You're going to get shoe prints on your ass. Yeah, and. You remember when Heyman was trying to be a part with the with TNA? You know, one of his demands was to basically make uh, Dixie fire some of the the old guys back then, and she didn't because she was afraid that they would have no work, have no money for their families, and whatever. Well, I mean, I understand that, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you have to. If you if you can't make the hard decisions and you know what, you need to go extremely behind the scenes and hire a second in command, not Bischoff, not Russo, but hire a second in command who knows what they're doing. I think that sometimes there are things she needed to pull the trigger on that she just didn't. Well, uh, you know, it's whatever. I, you know, Like I said, I kind of agree with what he said. But I'm not here to talk about that. But uh, um, uh, tonight's impact, um, as always, I, I missed the first hour. Only caught the last hour. Uh, for what it was, it was it was good. Uh, I'm, I'm get this out the way. Um, TNA, you completely dropped the ball by not hiring Ivelisse. Uh She's been doing a, a lot better since her stint in WWE. 
And they completely dropped the ball there. Now, <laughs> that out of the way, uh, let's talk about this, uh, I guess, this continuing story of Aces and Aces. Um, uh, I heard you say that D'Lo Brown was revealed. Okay. That's not really surprising. But did he give a reason why he joined? Basically, what he said was, you know, I've been, I've been, he didn't, he wasn't too concise. He says, like, I've been around since day one, watching aces and eights, and, you know, this is where I wanted to be. And basically, the announcers, especially Taz, gave the explanation as that he's, you know, just tired of, of the shit that goes on backstage and wanted to do his own thing and be with guys he can trust. And the whole thing was trust that D'Lo says, I can trust the guys in aces and eights. And then he tells Sting how many of the guys, not just on your team, but how many of the guys who you have going up against us, which could include Angle, could include Bully, could include Joseph Park, could include anyone. How many of them do you trust? And there was a very brief, I don't know if you saw this, a very brief segment backstage where Sting is kind of pissed off and like Magnus has to talk him down and says, look, you know, you can trust me and, and, you know, we all need to trust each other. And the baby faces are a little bit, you know, scared right now. Yeah, they catch that segment, but. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But um, I'm glad to see that at least uh, Aces and Ace finally got a, a win tonight uh, in the main event. I think that's about damn time. Yeah, true. And I think it takes away from a possible. See, my, my feeling was if, if the baby faces went over and got the best two out of three, someone's turning. But the fact that Aces and Eights got the best two out of three and they get the one-man advantage, there's not going to be a turn during that match. But a turn later on is not out of the question. Well, I mean, let's be realistic. Anytime there's any kind of matches, whether it's a war games or it's a lockdown, the heel team always get the advantage. So that doesn't really surprise me at the, at the, bit, at the bit. But um, as for, for some reason, I am being less, for some reason, I feel like I want to just stop watching TNA simply because of this angle that they're doing with the you know aces and eights crap. They have to pull off something big this Sunday and Thursday as well. They have to show their the their leader. If it's not Jeff Jarrett, I might be done with this company again. Well, I mean, what I get what you're saying. I mean, how many times are you going to throw us a bone? I mean, look, it's almost like. I'm worried that these shows that, you know, TNA Chat Live gets repetitive on this, but you have to because every goddamn week we say the same thing. This angle needs something. I can go back to TNA Chat Lives I did three months ago and I was saying the same thing. This angle needs something. Now I understand that D-Lo makes sense, but do you really care? I don't. Not really. You know, I, I, I don't. I mean, I just, it was like when Devon, you know, I remember doing Sunday Night Showdown. They revealed Devon. I was like, Devon? 
Who cares? When was the last time D'Lo Brown was relevant as, now listen to me very carefully, as an active wrestling persona, not as a backstage guy, not as a, a authority figure. When was the last time he was rest, uh, he was relevant as a wrestler? When was the last time Taz was relevant as a wrestler? Th these are guys who Taz isn't going to wrestle. D'Lo, I doubt, I don't know. I mean, D'Lo doesn't look to be in terrible shape. Maybe he can go, but do you care? No. And and I'm wondering, what is exactly his role? What is D'Lo's role in this group? Well, vice president. He's like, I guess he's there in case the leader ends up getting hit by a car or something. He takes over. It's like the vice president of the United States. You don't know he's there until JFK gets shot and he has to take over. Okay, so <laughs> he's basically the second in command then. Well, that's right. how I interpret VP. I mean, I, I don't know. Okay, I guess I can understand that. And... You know, I'm liking what they're what they're doing with the AJ thing that they're doing. I'm liking where they're going so far. Oh, I agree. I agree. Tonight, and, AJ just you know telling that camera, "Get the fuck away from me." Yeah, that's not the AJ we know. And I, I said it before. I, I think he might be a part of Aces and Eight come this Thursday. No. I think they're making it too obvious that that's what it's going to be. I think, you know, TNA has a bad habit of overdoing things to make us think one way when all they're really doing is making us think another. The fact that they're trying so hard to drive into your brain that he's a member of Aces and Eights means that, once again, they're going to throw a swerve. No, I think AJ's coming as a baby face. I think this is all misdirection. We'll see what happens with that, but uh, as far as the main event goes uh, for this Sunday, you know, just like you, I, I'm not really a fan of face versus face in any company. It doesn't matter what happens. Um, personally, I see Hardy going over. If Bully gets the belt, I won't be upset. You know, it's something new. You know, so that's something to look forward to, see how it happens. I just don't understand why people are speculating that he will he'll turn and be a part of Aces and Eight. Because let's go back a bit. When Devon officially became a part of the Aces and Eight, there was a somewhat of a feud between him and Bully. Move on the next couple of months. They, you know, he gets married with Brooke and they have the wedding. And then they crash the scene. They attack him. So why would people expect that he's going to join them if he already attacked them in the past. Well, I mean, how many times have we seen that in wrestling where if a heel group will attack a face only for him to say, well, you know, that attack they gave me really opened my eyes. See, see, here, here's my problem with the face-on-face -face dynamic in this title match. Let's say Bully Ray wins the title. Well, him and Jeff Hardy are bosom buddies. All right, Bully's got the title now instead of Hardy. So, you know, a title change should 
be meaningful. A title change shouldn't just be, you know, one guy. And I know it's worked in the past. People argue Warrior Hogan, but, but this isn't the same. I think if Bully wins the title and stays a baby face, then it's like, okay, we had a baby, good guy, baby face champion who loved his challenger. Now we have a good guy, baby face champion who loves his challenger, which will be Jeff Hardy and his rematch clause. So if you don't do something screwy with Bully Ray, then just let Jeff retain the title. It makes no sense to put it on Bully unless you're going to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, they, they better do something this week, the pay-per-view and Impact, because, you know, if, if they don't do something that, that keeps me watching, I'm going to stop watching TNA once again. I don't care what anybody says. You know, it's my, it's my choosing. You know, they got to do something. No, I, I hear you, man. That's that's good. Well, Latino, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let one more person in. So right. take care, brother. Thank you for the call. All right. Uh, cheap plug. Check out the whole indie show this weekend. With that, I'm Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Take care, man. Man, I'm getting plugged like crazy. I'm getting plugged like Kelly Kelly at a YMCA meeting. This is just really, guys. With that being said, we do have another caller on the line. I think I know who this gentleman is. Welcome to TNA Chat Live. Who's this? Hey, I'm Bronx with Cell Train. What's up, bro? Hey, boy, what a what a way for me to come in right after a Kelly Kelly joke. Uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> hey, um, well, I just want to give my thoughts on uh, Impact because for the first time in a while, I was able to see it live and well, luckily able to call in live on the show to get my thoughts on it. Uh, thinking back to the first caller trying to explain everything about uh, D'Lo. Now, I think that I think there's been speculation before that maybe he could be a part of Aces and Eights, and you know it could work. It could have worked. It could have worked seven months ago when the whole speculation was that there was someone high up in management who was letting Aces and Eights in actually was brought up. I mean, he even brought up when Hogan had locked down the the Impact Zone and all that. And you remember the promo that the that the head Aces and Eights guy did when he was saying, did you lock us out or did you lock us in? At that point, somewhere over the next few weeks, right then and there, that should have been probably where they could have brought D'Lo in. And I think it probably would have gone over better than it did tonight. Because with the fact that they're saying, oh, it was somebody you know high up in management who's been letting them in, that, that, that's been kind of gone for like the past half a year. There was nothing behind it. If there was somebody revealed, people were expecting it to be, you know, somebody on the roster as opposed to somebody who's not an active wrestler right now. I would have had D'Lo in Devon's place. I would have had him revealed first. I was going to say that, I swear, and it's weird that you brought it up first. I would have had D'Lo first because I think that he would have made more of a, no pun intended, impact back then than Devon did. And um, I think, uh, I think uh, uh, Sandra just brought up about, or I think it was you actually who said that, you know, when a heel group sometimes attacks a face and they could be like, you know, they open my eyes. I don't think I was watching impact for the, for a few weeks during this time, but isn't that kind of what they did with Anderson? Didn't they jump him like the impact before Bound for Glory, and then for some reason, like two months down the line, he wound up joining up with them? Yeah, and that's what I meant, too. Don't ever think 
that because a guy was beaten down by a heel group that he won't go along to join said heel group. It, you know, it's happened before. How many guys did the NWO, and believe me, I am not comparing. Before this gets on Facebook, I am not comparing aces and eights to the NWO. But how many times did the NWO beat the living? Look, the NWO beat the shit out of, God rest his soul, Randy Savage with Slim Jims. And Randy Savage did, although it was the Wolf Pack, it was in a way a different faction. Randy Savage did become an NWO, NWO member. So don't ever count out the fact that just because the NWO has been beating the shit out of Bully Ray or going after Bully Ray, that he won't join. Yeah, what I'm thinking is that might be how what happens with lockdown. I think you might get a thing where he joins after I, I don't I could I don't have a clue yet whether he could win the title or not, but I'm thinking he joins and you know, you might have like Hogan, you know, trying to trying to, you know, like get Brooke away from him, you know, think he turned his back and then Brooke maybe slaps Hogan in the face and goes along with Bully. Like, you know, either either little uh, side piece as far as, you know, being a member of the gang. Like, you know, he's the top dog and she's right there as his arm candy. You know, a lot of people will say, and here's what people will say, and I like that scenario. They'll say, oh, it's a ripoff of Stephanie and Triple H. Well, a little bit, but I still think it would be great to have Bully join Aces and Eights. You do that Sunday. That's how you go to black on the pay-per-view. And then Thursday during Impact, you have Bully come out. He introduces his wife. She comes out, and then Hulk Hogan comes out, and like you said, she slaps Hulk in the face and said, says, I'm tired of you treating me like a little girl. I'm tired of you making all my decisions for me. I'm tired of you trying to run my life. Um, I, I don't remember how old Brooke is, but I'm whatever years old. I'm a big girl now. I'm tired of you trying to control everything about me. And I am in love with Bully. And if he's going to aces and eights, I'm following my man. And you could have Hogan devastated. Has a similar thing been done before? Yes. But it's been so long ago, it could work. See, I'm trying to save this. I'm trying to save it, man, after deal right. tonight. <laughs> no, I, I get it. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to get, you're trying to get the, the rationale point across. You know, seeing how this how this could come about, like it's one of uh, one of many scenarios that could wind up happening in the lockdown and afterward. Yeah, it's just like I, I don't get why TNA always wants to try to mind fuck us. I mean, I know, yeah, you have to work the fans to a certain extent, but don't work me until blood is coming out of my nose, please. Well, that's what I always kind of see with lockdown. Like ever since 2010, when they had the whole swerve with Hardy, it seems like every year there's some. There's at least one point where there's some logical thing that should happen, and for some reason, it's not a 180. It's like a a, a 210, like turn backwards and shit or something. It always seems like there's always one thing that they've been doing since then. Well, it's like they they have this mindset where, well, this is what the fans think. Okay, let's do the complete opposite. I mean, I I almost think. Sometimes TNA's biggest flaw is they try too hard. They, they try too hard to make it so. Look, 
I'm not saying the wrestling fan is stupid because that's a ridiculous stereotype. But we're also not fucking Einstein. You know what I mean? You, you don't have to go in the other direction and make up something so complicated that at the end of it, I got to, you know, read through my notes and say, what the fuck did I just miss? They overdo it. They make it too complicated. Right, right. Um, well, that, that was it for as far as what I think is going to be going with lockdown. Um, if there was time, uh, I was wondering if there was one other thing I could uh, bring up, a scenario that you had brought up uh, last week. Go for it. Well, it was about if you were uh, if you had the chance to like you know book TNA, how would you do some things? Um, just mainly my stuff would kind of have to do with the titles and the division and all that. Um, the first and foremost thing, one of the very foundations that was with TNA, I would have the X division brought back up to the stature that it once had, as you know, as being an as almost an important title as the World Heavyweight Title was back in the day. I mean, it it's easy to bring up, you know. Daniel Styles and Joe back at uh, 2005, Unbreakable. I mean, that, that's that's very much the go-to. But I mean, easily, it's it's the best example for how a title that's you know not the world title can have that proper stature as as the world heavyweight belt. Well, do you remember you know the uh, premise they put in with the X Division title? It's not about weight limits; it's about no limits. Think about that statement. We don't give a shit what you weigh. We don't give a shit how you look. It's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. You should have no limits to what you'll do to win this title. Yeah, at one time, the X Division title was at the, as big as, or maybe even in some people's minds, bigger than their world title. You know, you, you even factor in that phrase. It's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. If there's anybody who went hand-in-hand hand with the X Division at that same statement could be brought up about it, Samoa Joe. I mean, you look at the dude, half the stuff he does, you wouldn't believe a guy that size could do, and he pulls it off flawlessly. Um, uh, one of the other things, obviously, it, it's gone down a lot over the past few years. We, we need a resurgence for the knockouts. I mean, it's been far and away that they've been the best women's division out of the two companies, and just how it's been now, it's it, it's it's deteriorated. It, they really need to bring it back up. And leading into that, I would believe it or not, I would keep the knockouts tag titles. But this is where I would kind of twist things up a little bit, and it, it may be a little unusual. But I would have those titles, and even though there's not that uh, many active knockouts in TNA, I would actually make them open belts. I would actually have it so that women who aren't in TNA could actually come in and actually try to compete for those. Like you would actually have women outside of the company actually coming in and on TV you're seeing all these different uh, female wrestlers from across the globe coming over and trying to, you know, make teams and, you know, defend the titles. It's almost as if there are aspects, and what you just said almost makes me think there are aspects of TNA. It's been called a glorified indie promotion with a good TV deal. Okay, so what? Let it be a glorified indie promotion. Do some shit that indie promotions would do, like you just said. Bring in some guys. See, the problem is when you've got that TV deal, man, that big TV deal, and, and let me make it perfectly clear. Compared to some other wrestling promotions, some indie promotions, TNA has a huge fucking TV deal. Is it USA and WWE? No. 
but it's still a pretty damn big cable television deal. But if people are going to shit all over you for being a glorified indie, then be a glorified indie. Yeah, bring in some talent. I mean, they had the experiment with the Japanese tag titles, but then TNA fucked that up and put those belts on the line without getting the proper permission. If you do it all nice and tidy, you know, it could work. Your scenario could work bringing in gals from other promotions, but they kind of fucked up that track record with the thing they did with the, you know, uh, New Japan tag titles. I believe it was, in fact, um, was it... Uh, Bully Ray and Devon, who had those titles, and they were defended without the permission of the parent company. Right, I think I, I remember that, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, the knockouts division was good at one time. Now, the, the again, whenever we say about, whenever we talk negative about TNA, it's never about, usually never about the wrestlers. It's about the storylines. They've got the talent there. They just need someone with the right head to put the talent in the right place. Exactly. If you don't think that, you know, bringing outside people in to do some stuff on the show doesn't work, I got three words for you. And it sucks that it's been about five years since we've seen this, but I've just got three words. World X Cup. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I would just love to see the knockouts come back. I'd especially love to see my girl Ayaka Hamada come back because, damn, do I have a crush on that woman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I'm just reading in the chat room that apparently Crelly got to his hotel and the hotel didn't have Spike and he's pissed. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Of all the damn irony. Really? I could just imagine Crelly running through the fucking hotel all pissed off. <laughs> uh, I wish JJ was on here right now so we could ask him what would happen if he called his mom and told him that there was no Spike TV. Yeah, I won't even get into that. That That's a, <laughs> that's a, an inside, a joke that, I don't know, I, I just don't get. I'm not going to get into that. I, I like Crelly. I'll limit my Crelly bashing for the evening. <laughs> I know, I know. He's cool, dude. And uh, well, hey, he'll be he'll be there live and in person for lockdown. So we'll see how he what his take is on everything. And he'll get on TV. See, that's the thing about Crowley. It doesn't matter if it's WrestleMania three with his ninety three thousand people there. He's getting on TV one way or another. Whether it's a wrestler taking his sign or him just climbing, you know, one of the ladders in the ring, you know, Crowley's getting on TV. Maybe he's like the James Bond of wrestling. I mean, he's got all the, he's, he, well, he thinks he's got all the female wrestlers after him, and, you know, he, he somehow manages to get his, make his way to where he needs to go. You can't stop him. Yep. Never know. He may end up being the president of Aces and Eights. <laughs> oh, my God. Aces and Eights are going global? It's yeah. global impact. Why not? <laughs> all right, Train. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. No problem. Peace, man. All right, guys, before I wrap up, the phone lines are now closed. Bronxy got to go earn some money tomorrow. But I do have an email. I actually got this email a few days ago. Even though we talked about it on the show, I promised this person I'd read it. It is from Ted Mitchell. Hey, Bronx, good show as always. He's talking about last week's show, I assume. But I have a question. What is Aces and Eights Endgame? What do TNA fans have looking forward? Well, 
My answer to that question will be different now that I've we've watched Impact tonight. The end game has to be something spectacular. It, it has to be something that's going to blow our minds. It has to be something where I'm gripping the edge of my seat and like, what the hell? Because the end game has to, not so much the end game, but at least the main game, the the part of this angle that really starts an up curve of interest again. Because right now, this aces and eights angle, to me, is kind of wah, wah, wah. I mean, my interest wanes every single week. It, it, it's this angle is dying, and it's dying a slow death, a horrible death. It's been dying for weeks, for months. It's time to step up and do something. So as far as the end game goes, it has to be a big reveal. It has to be a big reveal or, or let the gimmick die and just revamp the whole thing somehow because as of right now, sorry, man, the rest of TNA tonight was excellent, but the problem is you're revolving the whole promotion around this Aces and Eights thing, and I'm starting not to care less and less. That's not a good thing. But with that being said, I'm going to wrap up the show. Check out all the other shows on the network. Um, the Open Book tomorrow night live, 11 p.m., with Sean and Ashley, Sensational Sequel and Ashley. Uh, all the podcasts over the weekend, the whole indie show, check out the Running the Ropes podcast, check out Beyond the Bell, check out the Elite Force podcast. If I'm missing anyone, I apologize. Um, public service announcement. Brought to you by TNA, Wrestling in General, and the Bronx Father. Make sure this Sunday you set your clocks at 2 a.m. ahead one hour. Because if you don't, you might end up missing one of the shows. So if you're in an area that does so, spring ahead, fall back, fall back. Oh, there are so many divas and knockout jokes I can make, but I'm too tired. But set your goddamn clocks ahead one hour. Uh, this Sunday, there will be a Sunday night showdown. The format, unfortunately, I don't have just yet. We're going to cover the pay-per-view who will be my co-host? We shall see. But there will be a Sunday night showdown, come hell or high water. Tuesday, of course, Wrestling News Live, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain. Myself, JJ Sexay, we're going to do it up for Paul Bearer. You know, we're going to do the right thing. Uh, we're going to talk about him a lot during the show. It's probably going to be the main feature of the show. Uh, a guy who both J.J. and I deeply respect. So check it out. And, of course, I'll be back next week with the fallout from lockdown right here at the same time, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Mountain, TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. Good show tonight, guys. I want more of this. Uh, thank you to all the callers. I really appreciate it. Thank you to the emailer. Thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend, and as always, be good. Don't get into too much trouble. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. That
doesn't limit you to much. This has been TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. I'm so wrong.